Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Gathering all the information you would need to stay ahead of the curve on your crypto investments. Welcome to Thriller Rundown. Gentlemen, boys, and girls from around the world, gather around. It's time for another exciting episode of Thriller Rundown. That's right. Today is April 12th, 2020, and uh, we're talking a strong signal at the top of the rundown. Probably wondering what that means. Well, it has to do with Bitcoin, and it's going to be surprising. The Rundown. So we are talking, that's right, a strong signal. And what does that mean? Well, according to Ross Albrecht, better known as uh, Silk Road founder, I would say, um, he says the price of Bitcoin is headed downward. And he's using the Elliott Wave theory for his analysis. Now, Ross, if you don't know, he's um, he's in prison, unfortunately. And we've actually interviewed his mom here on a thriller podcast probably maybe about two years ago very very nice very very nice woman um and uh ross is uh very much known in the ecosystem uh, a lot of people um point to him as far as getting bitcoin off the ground i mean if it wasn't for what he created on the dark web with um with silk road bitcoin probably would have never been considered you know a currency uh, right. So he has a lot of history with it. So he predicted that Bitcoin is going down to twelve hundred dollars. Now, this is not to scare you. <laughs> Trust me, this is not to scare you, but it is worth pointing out because he is Ross. I mean, if there's anybody that has key insight into what's headed or where everything's going, I would take him seriously, even though he's in prison. Right. I would still look at him as somebody who understands this market very well. Uh, this That's my personal opinion. I know a lot of people are on Twitter right now saying, Ross, you're wrong. We love you, but you're wrong. A lot of other people are saying, you know, saying a lot of stuff about him. But we're going to take a look at it because it's worth listening. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but it's worth listening. Now, he says that it's a bottom range analysis, meaning that we are currently in this wave two and this wave two could take us anywhere between $2,800 and $1,200. Supposedly, the current wave marks a correction, which often ends in the price range of the previous fourth wave of one less degree. Now, he attributes this to what happened back in 2014. But Albrecht says that a break below the major low of $3,200, which is where Bitcoin traded back in December 2018, would be a solid confirmation of the pattern. Now, this is when he will be trying to determine when the final low is in. Now, a lot of people don't see that happening. Uh, a lot of people tend to think that uh, the, the price will increase to upwards of $22,000 here by the end of the year. And I, of course, I have my own kind of projection, too, as well. 
Um, but he 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 tends to he tends to think that at this point that seems very unlikely scenario that will be headed to those highs. Um, so he's giving out that these two probable scenarios, the first of which ends around June or July of this year, and while the second one could drag on until 2021. So I'll put it here in the show notes his chart, and it to me to me it looks like at least to where I'm looking at it. To me, it looks like it makes a lot of sense, like his Elliott Wave theory that he's using. And we've talked about Elliott Wave theory in the past. Um, but it, to, to, to me, I think he's probably being a little too harsh <laughs> when it comes to the price. But I, I will say we're going to talk all about what I think here here in the next segment. But one last thing is that um, he said a drop below the beginning of wave two around $4,200 would invalidate the impulsive count of wave five because wave four cannot overlap wave two this would indicate a much greater likelihood a greater likelihood that our second scenario is playing out bitcoin's price has indeed dropped to forty two hundred dollars you know during that whole market crash and back in march 12th and 13th when it touched thirty six hundred dollars so he's not entirely wrong but um like i said i think he's a little too harsh on where the uh the final low is going to come in and uh since we're already talking about bitcoin and you probably want to hear what I have to say about Bitcoin because <laughs> it's been a while. Let's, let's dive into it. Five good minutes starting now. Five good minutes. Man, I'm so pumped for this five good minutes. <laughs> I've been waiting to talk about Bitcoin all day, all day. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Bitcoin for five good minutes, and I'm going to give you my take on where I think everything's headed. And um, if you look at Bitcoin in April, gosh, man, I don't think I ever hit a bullseye. <laughs> it's been a that's been a while. So let's start that timer. All right, cool. So the price of Bitcoin in the short term, um, to me, it dropped below 7K today, right? I mean, that's it's not surprising. I mean, but it kind of is a little bit. It's it's trading back up. It got up to seventy one hundred dollars again. Um, but I, I think here, since the market crash of the twelfth and thirteenth, we can kind of steadily see that the build back up, trying to get past that seventy four hundred dollars, is is kind of tough. And you know, this is what I was saying here in the short term, right? When we did that whole Bitcoin in, in April, um, this is why, man. I forget who, and I don't mean to deviate too far, but I, I forget who I was talking to on Twitter. But they were like, it, it's so hard, you know. You know, predicting a month out, um, and and I said, well, it's not so much predicting a month out that you need to do. It's it's more about trying to make sure all the information is there for the person uh, to understand what to look out for and what ranges to to be aware of and where we're headed. That's how you predict the month out, right? And so that's exactly what we did this past April uh, for Bitcoin in April, is that we looked at the different scenarios playing out and we said, hey, keep in mind, roughly 42 days, you know, or actually it's probably less now, less than 30 days, we're gonna be, we're gonna be down to 
6.25 BTC, right? Every every block mined. Um, also, keep in mind it's a very it's very tricky, but it's safe to say. And this is why I said it's very safe to stay. We're gonna stay in this 3800 $7,400 range, just because the intense selling pressure from miners was gonna start once we get above $6,400, and that's exactly what has happened. We stayed in this range right at $7,400. We can't break past it. Now, mind you, we did try to break up above it once before and we're trying again or we tried again here recently last week we tried to get above 7400 so we've seen it twice usually on the third or fourth attempt is when we'll break above 7400 i'm thinking here short term is we're headed downwards um and i think ross really kind of painted a picture for that direction Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a recession, right? Um, the halving has just occurred for Bitcoin Cash and and and, and BSV, right? Uh, a lot of that hashing power has moved over to Bitcoin. The whole reason it moved over to Bitcoin is because they're still mining 12.5 per block. And the whole reason um, they're mining that is so they can make an uh, exorbitant amount of money. Because when that goes down to six, you're going to see miners fall off. And then we'll reassess. I mean, we'll do Bitcoin in May. But for right now, we're just strictly talking April still. But what I'm trying to say is ultimately, ultimately, the price is going to come down even further because selling pressure is going to increase even more here in the short term for through the rest of this month. So it's likely we could see new investors come in. And we just saw that here with Fidelity and, and thank their institutional money that's coming in because they're helping, you know, eat up all that uh, all that extra Bitcoin that the retail investors wouldn't be able to pick up as more institutional investors come into Bitcoin because that will happen. You'll start seeing more miners selling and you're going to see this feeding frenzy. Right. And it's just going to keep occurring. How that's going to play out, it's hard to determine right now. There's not enough data in yet. Not enough data in yet. But what I will say here in the short term, it's definitely going down. I think the only the only way this does, the only way this turns around right now, where we, we go up into the happening, I would say, the only way that turns around is if you know people start going back to work and we're able to get out of this kind of pandemic. I don't see that changing here in the next 14 days, 14 or 17 days, however many days we have left in the month, it's just not gonna happen for a lot of us. So we're still in this recession. Coronavirus is still a thing, right? You have a lot of people, the 1% have a vast majority of wealth right now. Thank God they're throwing some of it into Bitcoin, it seems like, thanks to Fidelity. Um, and you have the retail investors buying more Bitcoin. Um, so here in the short term, we are going down. I think it's inevitable, uh, it's inevitable to see that uh, $4,800 uh, area retested. We're gonna retest that, and I'll put it. I'll put a chart here in the show notes so you can kind of you can kind of see this playing out. But that $4,800 level will get retested at some point, and if it doesn't, $5,300 is a nice little safe spot too. So me personally, uh, if you're waiting to buy a lot of Bitcoin right now, like in the thousands, I would probably wait personally. I would probably wait just because you're probably going to see it in that $5,000 range here in the next, I would say, a couple weeks to four weeks, something like that. So that's my uh, it's five good minutes on why I think uh, Bitcoin is definitely falling here in the short term. And then honest, honestly, we're in a bottoming process. A lot of people don't realize that is just the way it is. All data and sentiment saying that. Let's jump into code our truth. The Hard Truth. 
I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So today in Code Hard Truth, we are talking the Fed and why they shouldn't be bailing out billionaires and hedge funds. Seriously, this has really pissed a lot of people off. It's pissing me off, <laughs> quite honestly. If you haven't heard what uh, has kind of percolated around the ecosystem here in the past 48 hours, take a listen to this. And I think we all agree with you that more money for Main Street is needed. Maybe not in spite of the, the money to all of these companies or whatever that make up the economy as well. That more money is, is, is needed everywhere, perhaps. Um, but are, are you suggesting, you keep saying propping up zombie companies. Are, are, you, are you arguing to let airlines, for example, fail? Yes. Why? I mean, how, how does that make sense in the broader scheme of, of the economy? Because it's not, because when you look at what it means, this is why I'm saying, like, this is a lie that's been purported by Wall Street. When a company fails, it does not fire their employees. It goes through a packaged bankruptcy, right? If anything, what happens is the people who have the pensions inside those companies, the employees of these companies, end up owning more of the company. The people that get wiped out are the speculators that own the unsecured tranches of debt or the folks that own the equity. And by the way, those are the rules of the game. That's right, because these are the people that purport to be the most sophisticated investors in the world. They deserve to get wiped out. But the employees don't get wiped out. The pensions don't typically get wiped out. Why does anybody, I just don't understand, why does anybody deserve, using your word, to get wiped out from a, a, a crisis created like, like this? How does anybody deserve to get wiped don't. out? Well, but, but just be clear, like, who are we talking about? We're talking about a hedge fund that serves a bunch of billionaire family offices. Who cares? Let them get wiped out. Who cares? They don't get to summer in the Hamptons. Who cares? I mean, there are people, you, you don't think the employees, table, on, Scott, you don't think you the employees of these companies table, own stocks? I mean, own their stocks, I, own the company's stocks? You can, you can look on Bloomberg and you can see what percentage of these companies are typically owned by. These, these things are owned by BlackRock. These things are owned by these huge, you know, amorphous organizations. Ultimately, downstream, and the employee owns a few hundred dollars or a few thousand, thousand dollars of shares. Well, I just don't understand. So this is, like, is a, a, could, like a natural disaster. Why does anybody deserve to get wiped out? Wouldn't that be immoral in and of itself? No, because what's happening right now is what I'll tell you is on Main Street today, people are getting wiped out. And right now, rich CEOs are not. Boards that had horrible governance are not. Hedge funds are not. People are. Six million people just this week alone basically saying, holy mackerel, I don't know how I'm going to make pay, you know, my own expenses for the next few weeks, days, months. So it's happening today to individual Americans. And what we've done is disproportionately prop up and protect you know, poor performing CEOs, companies and boards. And you have to wash these people out. I think he's absolutely right. I mean, one of the things that has uh, caught me by surprise here this time around looking at this recession compared to 2008 is just the um, arrogance when it comes to the Fed and the fact that they did all this um, by their own uh, agenda and without even consulting um, you know, with uh, with uh, fiscal policy as far as uh, bailing some of these uh, hedge funds out, like BlackRock, right? The biggest culprit of them all. Um, 
And I, I think the last time around, it was a little bit different, right? Wasn't as, I mean, they scared us into thinking it was really, really, really a bad thing that was going to happen last time around. Uh, but uh, Paulson at the time was able to uh, let Lehman Brothers fail. Uh, and then that kind of created a cascading effect uh, for other banks, right? And that's when they had to bail them out. I think this time uh, they've kind of created uh, some new instruments to <laughs> bypass um requesting permission to, to do these bailouts for these conglomerates uh, when it comes to money allocation. But I will say that Bitcoin is the ultimate hard asset that they're not uh, accumulating right now. And I think when we when we look back, when we look back here in the next five to 10 years, because that's the kind of um, that's the kind of uh, uh, foresight you need, right? You, you need to look back. When we look back four to five, five to 10 years, the people that invested in Bitcoin during this time are going to be far better off than the ones who invested in stocks. And, and I'm saying this with absolute certainty. And the, the reason being is uh, the vast majority of allocation and uh, asset holdings are getting moved into real estate into stocks, into bonds, into other, these kind of, uh, you know, propped up liquidity assets, right? And where Bitcoin sits right now, it sits in nowhere in those buckets, right? It's not gold because people want to call it digital gold. Um, it's not a currency because no one wants to accept it. Right now, what Bitcoin's position is in, in this recession is ultimately a opt out for the centralization of these fiat currencies and the money printing. Uh, it's a way to not participate in this complete corruption and fraud that's going on right now, because that's exactly what's happening. It's not being reported um, through the mainstream news because of certain uh, agendas that have to be uh, displayed at, at all times. But when you look at the nuts and bolts of it, when you take a step back and look at it critically for what it is, for what is going on right now, and and and, and luckily somebody was able to say this on air without getting cut off, right, uh, to kind of spread the word of what's really happening. When you when you look at Bitcoin and where it stands in that in that ecosystem in those buckets, it's it's going to accumulate to uh, an enormous amount, and by the time. You have, because uh, you've already seen it with Fidelity, thank God, right? They're sitting down, they've taken a seat in this musical chairs. Uh, next, you'll probably see another big conglomerate like Fidelity uh, sit down, like maybe it's TD Ameritrade that sits down next, who knows? Once you start seeing these big uh, asset managers sit down on this kind of musical chairs, it's game over at that point, right? Because the vast majority of people that didn't invest in Bitcoins and the ones who did, the disparity from the amount of, of those holdings to what you're, able, you're going to be able to get later on is going to be minuscule in comparison, right? So, like, for example, if you're holding one BTC right now, as opposed to a, a person who has to get in when Bitcoin's at $100,000 or $150,000 or somebody who's having to get in at $200,000, right, those people... The amount of satoshis that they're going to hold is going to be it's going to be really really sad. It's going to be really sad for those individuals 
to 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 you know spend five thousand dollars or six thousand dollars and to only get a hundred or you know whatever the whatever the amount of satoshis it is or equates to at that time but we are going to be reaching those levels and maybe it won't happen here in the next 18 to 24 months maybe maybe and just maybe right we get out of this recession here in the short term next 60 days to 90 days and maybe in the fall something bad happens who knows maybe the united states decides to go to war with some of these other countries who knows what could happen at this point 2020 has been such a fucked up year for a lot of people that there's no telling how this is going to end right or how it's going to play out so it's very likely if something like that were to happen who knows where Bitcoin's price is going to be? So that's why it's very hard to determine, especially in this kind of climate, what the price of Bitcoin is going to be in the short term. But I know for certain here in the next five to 10 years, when everything has settled down and gone back to some kind of normalcy, hopefully, unless unless aliens take over the world, which I don't think is going to happen, or a meteor hits us, which let's pray it doesn't, you will see Bitcoin rise among uh, these other uh, allocated buckets of wealth and the amount of money that's going to be stored in Bitcoin at that time is going to be ginormous in comparison to where it's now. So is this a long-term play for Bitcoin? Absolutely. Uh, should you be staying away uh, from from Bitcoin right now if you're not wanting to buy you know, from what it is right now at 7,000 because you want to save, you know, a little bit more money. You want to wait till it gets to 5,000 and let's say 5,000 never happens. Or even if Ross is right and it gets back down to $3,000 or $2,000, are you still going to want to buy at those prices? I know I will because I know where fiat money is headed and that's the toilet, right? These currencies aren't going to be able to stick around I feel like I have done enough research in this area to understand that there is no, and I think I did give one scenario. When we, if you go back and listen to the Thriller Insider, I did give one scenario where if central banks created a currency a certain way, there is a possibility where they could not kill Bitcoin, but could uh, could um, neuter it <laughs> in a way. And I, I give you that scenario inside that episode. So unless that scenario takes place, which I really doubt it is because they're not that smart. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just don't think they are. I think the people that we have uh, creating uh, Bitcoin and managing it and, and creating these uh, new protocols like Ethereum are a lot smarter. Um, and I think they're going to stay in the space to, to make things a little bit more fair. That's at least my opinion. Um, but I will say that the vast majority of wealth is headed towards Bitcoin. And it's just a matter of time before this house of cards tumbles. And it's already happening now. People are waking up. I have family members and friends asking me how to buy Bitcoin. We have more subscribers than ever before listening to uh, Thriller Crypto subscription now. Welcome aboard, people. We have uh, the vast majority of people in the space seeing exchanges, you know, onboard even more retail investors. You have multiple hirings among Coinbase, Kraken and Binance. Like this industry is booming right now because people are waking up to this Fed printing game and how this doesn't play long term. Like this doesn't end well for the Fed long term. They're waking up. Like they've been asleep for so long, they're slowly waking up. And even the ones that aren't awake yet are going to take notice, you know. So yes, Bitcoin 
is the way out of this. And honestly, I think by not telling your, I mean, this is why I say share this, share everything <laughs> from this point on, right? We have 50% uh, subscriptions going on right now this month. Get it for a friend. Do whatever you have to to make sure that they are aware of what's going on because honestly, the the amount of, of wealth that's going to be generated uh, during this time uh, and compared to five to 10 years from now, uh, just from the disparity of of the 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 Bitcoin price, is gonna be. It's to me, it's just gonna be really sad. It's gonna be one of those things where people are gonna look at the people that bought Bitcoin at eleven, ten dollars, you know, in twenty twelve, right, compared to in twenty, you know, fifteen when it was three hundred dollars, or even in twenty seventeen when it was ten thousand dollars, right. So the disparity of price is going to be that far apart. So that's what I'm trying to say. Tell everybody, (laughs) let them know, put some money in Bitcoin, not a lot, $100, $200, whatever, but make sure you hold that and put it in a safe place and don't open it. Let's go to our truth. That's the hard, hard, hard truth. y'all are doing well out there um i hope that everybody's safe i hope you guys are doing well uh and i hope that you're you're surviving any way you can um i lost my cousin this week he uh, passed away on sunday night from a car accident and it really put a lot of things in perspective for me how i spend my time what i'm trying to accomplish and uh, ultimately the um the amount of information I want to leave behind and um, how I see the world. Um, I would say that no matter what you're going through right now, just realize that a lot of us are probably going through the same thing. So when uh, life gets you down and when you just don't know how to deal with the surroundings in your in your head or whatever, it just realize that you have community you have a place that you can go to and reach out for help and that's why we have our telegram and that's why we have our subscription so if i can be any assistance please reach out see you next time